Welcome to today's coffee chat from Planet Fair. As we do every Friday, we've been talking for eight minutes over a cup of coffee about, well, about the fastest way to get to Planet Fair. So I'm Henrike von Platten and I'm talking with Margaret Wilburg Tjernadóttir. <laughs> which is super cool. Where are you having your coffee today? Uh, we, I'm actually at my office with a takeaway co coffee. Oh, mm -hmm. cool. Very nice I'm cappuccino. And this is not sponsored. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. No branding at all. <laughs> yeah, I'm back in Berlin now, so uh, that's nice. Yeah. We see again the old, the old office style. And on my way here, still though, we just arrived yesterday. Um, I was talking with quite a few people, and there was one thing that stuck stuck in my head which I wanted to tell you because we, we were talking about um, pay gap analysis where the um, where there were like groups where the outliers were definitely between between two groups there were outliers where the CEO could could actually directly um, say ah but these are the people they are supposed to be in the next one and they're not there yet and he had to think about how to value that how to show it and they then in a way restructured restructured their system and made a, an intermediate group saying, okay, if you have like, for example, junior positions and senior positions, and they made like the senior candidates to move up because they were already getting higher wage. So they could value that. And in that we were discussing a lot about how do you actually value different uh, jobs, um, different ones, actually, the equal pay for uh, equal work of equal value. And I, I wanted to ask you about your experiences with that because I know you have told me something about that, but that's so long ago. Please repeat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think no, that's an excellent story because I think last week we were talking about at least towards the end how to get started. But I think what you are describing is really this iterative process that these pay equity analysis are, right? So, you know, somebody ran the analysis and then they discovered that these employees didn't really fit the group they were in and realized, oh, it's because these are the candidates for, you know, upward movement to whether it's the management level or team leader or whatever it is, and created that extra set to capture it. And I think that's so important when we start on these journeys to realize it's not going to be perfect the first time around, and it's an iterative process. So the, the example that uh, came immediately to my mind, uh, was one of the clients that was doing the job evaluation. So, you know, assigning points to the, the roles and they, you know, spent a lot of time, you know, creating the right factors that they wanted to measure. So at the end they had put, you know, points to all their job titles and then they ran the analysis. And what they found was the lawyers really looked overpaid given the evaluation of what they did. And then upon reflection, what they realized that under skills, so they were, you know, quantifying the value of the different skills of the workforce, they had simply left out the skill of being able to analyze complex matter um, kind of in isolation in a quiet way. So once they captured that, like what is at the core of being a lawyer and the work that they do, then they the jobs got higher points and they were no longer kind of appearing as these outliers in the analysis so i think the takeaway here is you know don't be afraid to um change and update and you know make the system better 
Yeah. I think it's also always this, you want to keep it as simple as possible, but then you can actually add complexity where you need it because explaining these values is good. I mean, the people want to know for what, what you are being paid. So you want to know what are the pieces that are being valued. And I also remember this example, um, which I always like to refer to with, um, which I think was Reykjavik Energy also on the, the panel the other day, when they said again, they evaluated the value that certain jobs have for the company, looking at the cleaners doing cleaning jobs inside the buildings of the company and looking at those that are working outside doing cleaning of the stations or whatever the, they have outside then again, and actually thinking about they were differently paid, like you, you know, the difference with the men and outside, the women inside, and the value actually of what they do for the company is equal for the company. So then you have to adapt. Uh, what are your findings on that? Because I think that that's also a very, very, well, you, at that point, you actually take complexity out and don't invent a new role. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think... I mean, I think what you were describing is what is at the core of equal pay for work of equal value um, and gets to the core of that. Um, but because you brought up Reykjavik Energy, this is one of our favorite examples, <laughs> we can just state that here. Um, so, and we were talking about this iterative process. Um, when we look at their process and how it has changed over time, in contrast to the uh, example that I was talking about before with the lawyers where they had gone the evaluation route, uh, Reykjavik Energy went the kind of the job role route. So they grouped to, together similar jobs and then they used that as the core element in their equal pay analysis. And when we look at uh, those groups, those have evolved over time. So that's where the iteration was, right? To better capture the different jobs um, and also to better align with decision processes. So what is it that we are rewarding? Um, so it used to be that, you know, the job roles were quite small. Uh, and now if I maybe later <laughs> our manager will correct us, but last time I spoke to someone about this, they had actually made the job roles bigger but then had an extra variable that captures then the managerial responsibility. So you might have job roles of people doing similar work, but then you also you have a second factor in your analysis that then captures you know, the level of managerial responsibility. So that's how they are getting at it now, because that's how they make their decisions. So what kind of job are you going to be doing and what is going to be your responsibility? So they have moved towards you know, aligning the equal pay analysis with their decision making. And that's what enables them then to stay on around zero, right? Because they are baking in the pay equity into the decision processes. So I think that's one of the reasons why they are our, <laughs> one of our favorite examples. Absolutely. Yeah, it's always about this the different kind of um, systems that you have for your job roles and gradings and how do you actually uh, decide on who gets what and why. And um, I like the discussions also that we've been having with some of our new partners now as well, which we will be showing uh, very soon, that have these kind of grading systems and things and always saying like, what comes first? Do you first need a system like that or do you first need to make an analysis? And um, I think that's a good one for, for next time maybe, or we have something else that comes up 
until next week because I'm looking at our little eight minute clock and it's telling me that we are done. Yep. But um, I might drop in the comparable worth index and things like that. And we can find some links for the people to, to research more on our ideas on this topic, which is great. So thank you very much for the coffee today, Margaret. Likewise. See you next time. <laughs> Bye. Bye.